You're listening to an Air Books podcast. Hey guys, it's Aiden of Aiden's Books, and I'm here with Mommy. Welcome to Parenting and Bonding with Children's Books. Our episodes are recorded first via video. For the full experience, check out the video interview on my Facebook page, Aiden's Books. Next, you'll hear Mommy doing the interview. Thanks for listening. Oh, that was beautiful bringing us in. That's sad. Is that a one shot? I know, but I need to, uh, <laughs> it's my phone. Oh, well, <laughs> I love it. It sounded like a wind chime. I'm like, what's the weather over there? I know. It's my uh, alarm. That's how it is. Okay. The car goes by. It does whatever. But Got you. Got you. Look, everybody in my um, communities know how silly and random I am. So this is fine. Y'all are here. Y'all are watching the Parenting and Bonding with Children's Books podcast. Thank you for joining us. Um, So on this show, we believe and we know that books are magic and they have the power to transform homes. On this podcast, we talk to the authors behind the magic to find out their true intentions behind the books. We are here tonight with author and educator, Winston Bingham. I didn't ask you how to pronounce your last name. Say your name for us. Bingham. Winston mm-hmm. Bingham, thank yeah. you so much for being here with us. Wow, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. You, I'm so excited. So <laughs> let me give you all a background on Winston, and then we're just gonna we're gonna um, get going. So she is a soul food connoisseur and master cook. That that's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> because when we start talking about Soul Food Sunday, y'all, she puts a whole... Can, can I tell them what you put in the back? Go ahead. Go ahead. P- put it out there. She put her mac and cheese recipe in the back. Let me tell Listen, I feel mm-hmm. like someone said to me, Sorry, like... I'm having trouble hearing Can you say that again? When I'm not talking Here, to her. talking to her. And when I'm not talking to her, she comes yeah. on. And when I'm we talking to her, that. she never responds. No one mentioned her, but she she's in. She just uh, she's out the door. She just don't know it yet. I'll deal with her, and I apologize, everyone. No, it but happens to everybody. Someone said to me, "Why you gave away your secret recipe?" And I'm like, "Why is it a secret recipe? Should never be a secret." If you're inviting me over and you say, "Well, what do I like mac and cheese?" Please cook it and cook it right. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> recipe shouldn't be a secret. You should supposed to. Share recipes, right? That's how you share food and legacy and everyone has something they can hold on to. So it's not a problem for me. There's no, there's, there isn't a secret to this recipe. It's just good mac and cheese. And I love good mac and cheese. So I figure everyone, kids love mac and cheese. So why shouldn't they learn how to cook it? It's my first step and my gift to them being self-sufficient. Please Mm. enjoy I love it. I love it. And I have to tell you, we use different cheeses. And so I was um, looking and I was like, all right, I'm going to try some new cheeses this time around and see, see what it's like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, the good thing about food is when you think about recipes in Jamaica, we was like, it's a miss. Every mistake becomes style, right? Because you mess up and something new happens, but you can go out your box a bit and try different things. Right. Just try different things. 
mac and cheese is so hearty. I always laugh when people like, well, you know, mac and cheese pasta is Italian. I'm like, well, you know, the Asian developed pasta, but okay, go off. Like mm-hmm. we were so entitled to claim food as our own. Like yeah. it's only one group have this. I like to make lasagna. I love it. And I put all kinds of stuff in it. I put Caribbean stuff. Mm-hmm. I put American stuff because it's food. It's just yeah. blending all these things for something that's pleasurable to the top and it tastes yeah. good. So yeah, exper- experiment. Yes. Yes. I love that. Yeah. So, so if, if that wasn't enough, there is so much more to Winsome, and I'm going to share it with y'all. So she is a U.S. Army war and disabled veteran. Thank you for your service. Thank you. She's a teacher by trade and at heart. She received both bachelor's and master's degrees in education with more than 15 years of teaching experience. And let me tell y'all, this shines through. In Soul Food Sunday, when you see the different um, writing elements that she, technical elements that she added into her book for your children. Okay. And an MFA in writing, writing for children and young adults from Vermont College of Fine Arts. She will be writing on a deck while waiting patiently with the camera to capture a submarine shooting out of the water. That is an interesting line. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I was living in a condo in Groton, Connecticut, which is the submarine capital of the world. It's right down from the Navy base. Mm-hmm. And you can see submarines. Yeah. You always try to catch up. I'm all, cause whenever I see them, I know I'm going to have a great day. Like it's okay. my sign that this day is going to be the best day. Mm-hmm. And I'm always, it was a big bay window and I'm always passing. Like if I go to the kitchen or, and I see cars lined, I'm like, oh my God, it's summary. And I'm running to get my camera just so I can capture that moment. But I love, I feel like they're just so magical because you don't get to see them often, but they just always make me feel amazing. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. So if you guys are not familiar with Winsome's um, name, this is because her book is, is, pretty new it dropped in november right Mm -hmm. in november and it came across my radar because it just got all this attention like immediately like it dropped and then i was seeing it everywhere (laughs) i know my friend is like she would come and she was like i log on to facebook and your book is there i log on to instagram like and i'm not even on facebook i'm like really (laughs) And everywhere you look, you know, she was seen because it was supposed to come out in September. Mm-hmm. And in September, it, we learned that it was pushed back because mm-hmm. of the supply chain, you know, was sitting in the water somewhere. But then Audible released the, I did the audiobook, and Audible released the audiobook anyway. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, I think they took it down and, and waited. But my team at Abrams must really love me because they were, people were telling me like, your book is everywhere. And I was like, it is. Cause I'm really on Twitter and wherever, but um, yeah. And I'm so I'm excited. Cause even the New York times chose it as one of the best books of 2021. I'm like, wait, it's not even out two weeks. So I'm excited, you know, for but, that. But deserve it. Like all of it is so deserved. The book is beautiful. I mean, 
Well, when first, I read before we go further, let me what? just give my shout out okay. to the amazing CG Esperanza. CG, the illustrator, he's a Bronx artist. Yeah. Amazing. He also has a book came out this year, Boogie Boogie, y'all. Check it out. He's I amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you put, can you just hold up the cover one more time? Yes. Gladly. It's beautiful. And for anybody, just if you are getting all the feels right now, just from looking at the cover, just let us know <laughs> in the comments. Because from the moment I opened up the book, I just felt like I was back at my grandmother's house with all of my cousins. And um, it's funny that this book released like right around Thanksgiving because it's like it's the perfect Thanksgiving book. Right. But it's the perfect book for all year round yes. because before COVID, before quarantine and Corona, we were having Sunday dinner weekly. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we love going to, you know, we, we moved from, my family is on the East coast in New Jersey. I'm from New Jersey, mm -hmm. um, but we moved to Texas and, you know, we go to my mom's house um, and we love going for Sunday dinner. Um, mm -hmm. And one of my greatest memories is watching my grandmother cook, watching my aunt cook, um, who recently passed. But just my one of my biggest memories of her is <laughs> you're not gonna like this, but her telling me to get out the kitchen, get out the kitchen for you flatten my for you flatten my pies, get out the kitchen for you flatten my cakes. Don't be slamming, <laughs> slamming doors and goodness, just it just nostalgic and. Um, mm -hmm. I just love so many different elements of the book. So tell us, tell us about your book. If uh, tell us about your book, tell us if you had to give like an elevator pitch, what your book is about, what would you say? It's about a little boy coming of age and learning to cook soul food. That's it. That's the elevator pitch. 30 second. It's about a little boy coming of age and learning to cook soul food. But I'm going to tell you something else about this book. Mm -hmm. It goes back and it stems to, the question of who should be in the kitchen and when, right? Mm, you can this deep already. <laughs> well, this conversation is like people tell you, well, boys shouldn't be in the why not? Why not? I think one of the things we forget is that the first team a child is on is the team of family. Mm -hmm. Point blank, period. Right? And for teams, teams have a goal. The goal is to win, right? To achieve something great. Isn't that what every family wants? Yeah. To make sure that their legacy is intact with positivity, that people know who they are, where they belong, what they stand for. And we have to figure out a way to document those moments. But we also need to teach kids to be self-sufficient. Yes. So I know, I've, I already see the, the conversation on the internet Boys shouldn't be cooking. Yes, they should. They have to eat because strong women are raising their daughters to be mm -hmm. independent and not cater to you. Like we're a team. Let's let's get in. Let's cook together so we can eat together. So yes. having that conversation of who gets to do what is very mm -hmm. important. But it's never too early to teach kids to be self-sufficient. Never too early. Yes. 
I agree. It's never too early. Y'all know watching, I'm a single mom of one and I, you know, my son eight and he's seven, but he seasons chicken better than I do because I started teaching him from a young age, um, you know, how to cook and how to handle himself in the kitchen um, because, you know, preparing everything we do is, is preparing them for the future. And I don't want him out here looking for a relationship just because there's so many things he doesn't know how to do himself. You know, I want him to be able to, I want him to be Um, Mm self-sufficient. So these, these things are important. And I love seeing the young man um, in the kitchen with his grandmother, but almost equally to that, I just love seeing the way she handled her grandson in the kitchen because she gave him direction, Mm -hmm. but then she let him be. Yes. let him be. And she just said, when you, when you finish, baby, come see me, <laughs> come, come see me when you finish. So what, cause that was uh, repeated throughout the book. So tell us mm-hmm. where did that come from? So when I was, when I was learning to cook, I learned to cook over the phone and every summer we would go to New York mm-hmm. and my cousin had a baby. She had to work and me and my sister would take care of her son, but she would leave stuff out for us to cook. So I would have to call her her mom, yeah, Aunt Peggy, and say, "Okay, today Barbara left this. Okay, what do I need to do?" And so she'll tell me over the phone, "Okay, she Jamaican. Okay, do this. Da 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 da. da. And when you're done, call her back, right? So I would do whatever she told me to do, and when I was done, I would call her back. Okay, you did that, baby. Good job. Now this, do this. Da 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 da. da. And when you're done, call like everything I learned how to cook. She taught me how to cook over the phone." Mm-hmm. Every day, something different, mm-hmm. something new, but that's how I learned. But it was so important that for you to model and allow them to be. And I even, even when I taught, that was always my strategy. When I'm teaching, I will model, I will let them do it. And when they're done, raise their hand and I'll go over and check. Good job. Now we can move on to the next step. Those, mm-hmm. it's procedural. But it's also a skill, a skill for kids to learn how to do something and make sure they do it right. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't wait for them to get far ahead and then you come back. You did it all wrong. No. Step by step. Teach them each step. And then mm-hmm. once then you know that they got the step, then you move on to the next step because yeah. direction, it can be tricky. Right. Mm-hmm. And some some things, if we're making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, it doesn't matter if we do the bread the peanut butter, then the jelly and squish it together. Or you mm-hmm. do it the other way around. It's commu- it's commutative. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. the order, right? It's You're still going to basically get the same stuff, yeah. you know, as long as you put your bread first, of course. But certain recipes, you need to go step by step. And it needs to be very precise. Yeah. So that precision is important. And kids mm-hmm. need to understand that as well. Okay, okay. I agree with that. And you gave us some some cooking tips. And <laughs> this is not even my next question, but it came to my mind mm-hmm. as you were talking. I but hate you talk about- greens. I hate it. I hate chewing greens. How did you know? Chiclet. Oh, that drive me nuts. Like, why do people cook grainy greens? And it's simple. They don't understand the chemistry of it. They're breaking down of the dirt and the particles. Like, if you do this, you won't have it. Because as soon as you lift the greens up, 
that vinegar and lemon juice. He, you see all this dirt is just sitting at the bottom of the sink. And I'm like, mm. yes, because I don't want to taste you today ever. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. there's some cooking tips because we I need to pass them along. So you'll you'll get them, you know. And yes. And they're simple stuff. These are stuff shouldn't be secret, right? We shouldn't be mm-hmm. holding on to these little hacks. Share yeah. them with the world so everybody can eat healthy and eat great food and be happy. You don't mm-hmm. want to be the one where I'll bring the greens in front of everyone is like, did you what is this? And you two days later you still have dirty you see like you're eating eggs and it's chomping away like you're crunching our fried onions. Like seriously, we're mm-hmm. not gonna do that. Cause we don't have to, you know. Yes. Well, we thank you for that, for that tip. And um, you, so you, this is a question for, for offline, but for my people in the audience watching, you do like a mix of greens. You don't just use one kind, huh? Yeah. So I love, 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 love collards. But folks I cook for, they like the other ones. So I figured, okay. well, let's go ahead and blend them up. But also to stretch them, right? The more mm-hmm. different greens, like even sometimes, if I feel like the greens, because, you know, greens, they shrink. I throw in cabbage, yeah. you know, to stretch them. But they're okay. a little, I like the, 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 I like the taste, the bitterness just blend in with the savory. I like mm. all that. So I mix them just because it's always, to me, tastier. Um, okay, so this episode is dangerous for me because y'all are tapping into another love of mine. So I'm having trouble balancing the two. So bear with me. But I love all things cooking and talking about food and then children's books. So this is like the 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 blend of the year for me, right? Yeah. <laughs> right here, this episode. All right, so let's let's get back to the book. You're an educator um, by mm-hmm. trade and at heart. And I know I noticed that you put so many different technical like uh, writing elements in your book. Can you tell mm-hmm. us parents and teachers about those elements that you took time to add? Yeah. So I have a, my, I have a two bachelor's degree. One is in mathematics and one is in specific learning disabilities. So it's teaching kids with cognitive deficits. And I taught, I first started my teaching career in Broward County Schools in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. But one of the things that I noticed when I was reading to my kids, the books that have repetition, they would wait because there's a predictability element. So they're waiting on the the edge of their seats where they can scream and yell what's coming next. And it works. It's active participation they're listening, right? Because they need to know when to chime in and scream and let loose and do all those things. And I let them because they're kids and I want them to enjoy what's going on on the page. But repetition works. Repetition, we know repetition works because it's when we were growing up, they want us to memorize our timetable. We repeat it over and over till it sticks to our brain. Repetition definitely works. So I use it a lot, but it's also to drive home for kids to understand it's okay. One of the the phrase that was repeated so much was the little boys, right? His thing was my hand hurt, my arm aches, but I don't quit. But that's repetition of perseverance because we all know cooking is a chore. It's a chore. It's a lot of movement. Your arm gets tired. It's a lot of moving back and forth. It's a long process, but here this little boy realized the importance of something that's bigger than him. So he's telling you, my hand hurt, my arm aches, 
but I don't quit. That perseverance element, he's still going to keep doing it, even though he's dealing with these things. For us, our ancestors know they didn't quit. They kept going. We are we know our history. We know what, what our ancestors did. And yet we're still here. Mm-hmm. So perseverance need to be on the page and yes. it show up him continue to go on, even though at times he was tired, but he still did yeah. it. Listen to that, that moment that you guys can use in your homes with your children um, to, to, to hone in on that. That's a wonderful, wonderful bonding moment that you can have with your kids just over that, that small element. You also, there, there's so much um, onomatopoeia in your book as well. In the beginning. I love, I love it. I, I so, <laughs> Let me just say this. I did a, a launch, a, a reading mm-hmm. at my bookstore. And when it was over, there was these two little girls. They don't look like us. And they were just running through the bookstore. Cluck, 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 cluck. Mm-hmm. And the dad looked at me. He said, you see what you did? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like. But that's good because one, it told me they listen. I love the use of onomatopoeia, especially Mm -hmm. in children's books, because it does two things. It either revs up the pacing or it slows it down. Mm -hmm. And it's fun. It's fun to hear. It's fun to make sounds. It's fun for imitation for kids. And it goes all the time. For me, when I write, I do use onomatopoeia a lot. But if I want to get something, I will say it. I will play it. And this is why phonics is so important. Mm-hmm. I feel so sorry for that generation that schools went to whole language and they just lost this generation of kids that and, mm-hmm. and mothers and dads and grandparents who didn't get to experience phonics and digraphs and blends and, you know, just learning them and where they come in. Because I even cluck, cluck, I'm Someone's like, is that even a word? I'm like, no, I made it up, but it, it's a sound. Like, I didn't get no alarm go cook, cook. Like, did you hear that? The alarm? Did you hear it? Right? And they're like, I never thought of how to spell it. I'm like, but I know phonics. So I knew how to spell it. I just sat down, I knew what I wanted to hear, and I figure out how to spell it. And it works because when I read it, I hear cluck, cluck, and they keep going. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Onomatopoeia is such an effective tool. Even when you're teaching your kids to write early, you can Mm -hmm. start off with buzz and swack and whack. And, you know, you hear these. Mm -hmm. Now we need to know how to spell it. And when you know phonics, you can group them. Letters, right? Consonants plus vowels can turn into words. Words string together, make sentences. Mm -hmm. Many sentences make a paragraph and so on. And then we teach them those steps. On the basic form of writing. Mm-hmm. So we talk about parents all the uh, talk to parents all the time in our community about um, not making like uh, reading feel like work at home, right? We want it to feel fun, but onomatopoeia mm-hmm. is one of those things that is fun for kids to learn. Like I still remember learning onomatopoeia in school, and just <laughs> like you feel empowered mm-hmm. to to say these words and look for them um, in your environment to be able to say them. Um, And it makes reading, uh, to say it again, it makes reading fun and it enhances story time as Winsome is saying. So if you're tired after a long day of adulting, but you have to get that reading time in, which we should be, this book is so fun. Like the words are colorful. Like 
Winston put so much work into this book, y'all. I can't even tell you. And you hit the jackpot with your illustrator because the illustrations are beautiful. I know that a lot of authors come on, and some of them who are been who have been traditionally published don't have control over the illustrator that they get. No. Yeah. Okay. But you so, hit the jackpot. <laughs> I, I, and I'm going to go ahead and give the shout out to my editor, Emma Ledbetter at Abrams. So okay. I think I was telling you this before we started. So I wrote this manuscript. And um, my agent sent it out to editors, to publishing houses. And immediately she sent it out, like within 30 minutes, like three people responded. And they wanted to buy the book. And so she was like, we're going to auction. So now uh, she gave everybody opportunity who wants to be in on the auction to bid on it. Well, by the time we were done, it's like seven or eight people like one in to bid on the book. Cool. So now it's another process. Now we need to decide who gets to publish it. And so for that, I have to interview them to see who I want to publish in the book. So I'm talking to these um, editors at big houses, um, Harper, um, Dial, Penguin, whatever. But I asked all of them the same thing. Who do you see illustrating this book? And so they're telling me, I see such and such because they do Black Joy. I see such and such. But when I got to Emma Ledbetter, I said to her, so who do you see illustrated this book? And she was like, I have an artist I want to work with. She didn't tell me any name. She didn't tell me. And she's like, I have an artist I want to work with. I was like, "Mm, okay. And so when I eventually chose her, of course, I didn't know who the artist was. But when the first sent the first sketch, I'm like, it just started feeling real to me. Like, oh my gosh, this is my words. Like you start seeing it on the page, you're seeing these sketches. And once the college sketch came in, I'm like, this dude, knock it out the park. Like, this is so beautiful. It's so joyous and joyful. And I needed to see that because this is what Soul Food Sun is about. It's about joy. And the colors, like, it just reek of happiness. That's what I want. So I had no idea who she chose, but she knew what she, it's obvious to me. She knew what she was doing. And I always thought about that, too, because they're like, I have an illustrator. She's like, I have an artist. That spoke differently to me. An artist, not an illustrator. I have an artist. And C.G. Esperanza is just that. He's an artist. And I love it. And I love it. I love it. Every single page. Before the story even starts. When the story starts, the words just come, just everything just comes together. Just blends together, just like a soul food dinner. (laughs) And it is just. It is just wonderful. And I'm so, so happy to see your book. I'm so happy that it is, it's getting the visibility that it needs. Um, I come across so many <clears throat> different authors just, just in what we do, right? Mm-hmm. And so many uh, we speak about, I have like this this series that I paused on and I need to pick up again, but um, where we talk about the new Black books on YouTube, right? And um, I, I choose traditionally published books, even though I, I talk to self-published authors all the time. I want to bring more visibility to the Black 
books that are also traditionally published, because I don't know if authors know that those books are also hard for parents to find. Mm-hmm. They don't get the the visibility that they probably should. Yeah, they don't get the marketing. Yeah, they don't get. Yeah, they still right. don't get yeah. the marketing. And mm-hmm. I've heard from so many black uh, black authors that have chosen to self publish because they've taken their stories with magical storylines and just beautiful stories, books yeah. that just speak to joy and not oppressive narratives and been told that it doesn't speak to the black experience. Well, I'm black and this is my experience. Like, what do you, yeah. what do you mean? I I had an agent told me, told me that um, it wasn't authentic. And I always remember that, like, because they had this notion of what black lives is supposed to be. Because they see him so much. Everybody wants your pain. They want your oppression. They don't want to see you happy. They don't want your joy. And I was telling you that my therapist, her thing is, if we start to focus on what's joyous, the brain, over and over, the brain will start holding on to the joy. And when mm-hmm. your brain starts holding on to your joy, then you can be joyous, right? You can be yeah. happy. You can be joyful. You can be triumphant. Like these things, it's all about how our brain process what we see. So it's up to us to fill our lives with joy. There are other factors into play too. I left all that out. But her point to me was, if I keep on reading and indulging into Mm -hmm. negative stuff, it's going to weigh on my brain and start to weigh on my heart, on my feelings, on my soul. Yeah, yeah. We need to start putting that in front of kids. We need kids to start seeing joy, seeing themselves seeing themselves living, solving mystery, being adventurous, like those things, being fantastical. Because one of the things I feel like, especially with agent, it's hard to navigate publishing without an agent. It's, mm-hmm. it's really difficult. It's difficult to navigate without an agent. And I've heard editors say, by the way, I'm an editor now at a publishing house. So I, for me, I'm always looking for authors to give a break like if I find a story I like I might reach out I have slid in author DM and say hey I'm such and such Winston Bingham at Raycraft Books um Mm -hmm. you wrote something hey can you tell me more about that and that author now we are I've been meeting with him on zoom we've been working through his stories to help him tell a good story and then I found out my boss was like we need to get, let, let's go ahead and offer them contract for book deals. And I'm like, yeah, we can do that, but it's difficult. I know that I'm one of the, one of the few editors that do this, but at the end of the day, I mm-hmm. want our kids to see joy on the page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need it. And they not only, it. not only just our children, but children of other persuasions or <laughs> Yeah, no, but you're right, because they need to know how to embrace us, right? Yes. They need to know how to embrace us. That's why yes. it's important. Representation do matter, and visibility yes. is key. If they see us living and join life, they see us on adventures, they see us solving mystery, then they'll understand we're just as smart, we're just as dear devilish as you are. Mm-hmm. We're kids, but we truly know that our kids don't get to just roam the world, right? Just freely. Mm, mm. And so in books, they tend to have where the characters is by themselves. I write intergenerational because I know 
my little black boys and black girls don't get opportunities to just the world freely. But yeah. I still think they need to see this. Like I was telling you, I read this book and it was this little black boy and his grandma and his dad. And he, and after I was done, he, he turned his grandma and said, grandma, why you do that with me? Right? <laughs> and she says, oh, you want to cook with me? And, mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, why you don't do that with me? And his dad was like, your job is to go to school. Let your grandma do the cooking. Like, and then that turned a whole nother conversation. Yeah. And of course I'm jumping like, oh, so you don't want him to be self-sufficient. Is that what you're saying? And we yeah. got this whole thing. But at the end of the day, representation does matter. Kids need to see themselves on the pages of books so they can understand. And they need to see people like me standing in front of them saying, yeah, I am an author. So they know Mm -hmm. they too can create and tell their stories and find their voice in the world. Those things twofold, they go hand in hand, being able to see yourself and seeing people create your story, like Mm -hmm. document your heritage, your culture, your tradition. Those things are just as important. Yes, I agree. I agree. You know, and all storylines are important, but getting more books that show black joy are even more important. And not just because the books are out there. Mm -hmm. They just need the marketing and the visibility um, Mm -hmm. so that um, seeing black people enjoying life can become the norm. Yeah. Um, So I feel like I just want people to go and get the book. I, I agree. And they should. They should go and get the book, Miss Clinton. They should, right? Because I feel like this moment for me is this rap moment, right? This hip hop culture mm. where we're going to start, go ahead and document our stride. That's what hip hop is. And yeah. then we see now, we see the all these other people that look like us, but they're capitalizing off our pain, of our struggle, of our documentation of our culture and heritage. Cool. Good for you. For decades, stories are being told by people that don't look like us. Our stories are being told by people that don't look like us. And published, they embrace that. So I am just ecstatic that I have an agent agent who doesn't look like me. I have an editor who doesn't look like me. But they can embrace what I write Mm -hmm. and understand... Because there is no question. They know what my goal is. My goal is to memorialize Black joy, but also memorialize our culture. These things we live, we do, we gather on Sundays, we play spades, we eat food, we talk trash. We do that. Right? And we should be able to embrace it. Mm -hmm. And people need to understand that this is a thing. Oh, it's mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah, I still fry fish on Friday. That's a thing. Like, <laughs> this is what we do. You know what I mean? So it just gives them this little, like a little, just a, a tiny, tiny insight or see-through of what we do, of our culture. And do we need more books like this? Of course. Yeah. We need more books like this. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys. I feel like I want to hear so much more from Winsome. <laughs> So much more. So hopefully when the next book comes out, she will be back because we just loved this um, engagement tonight. You guys know where you can find her website. I had it up here for a while. Um, And she is also on IG at Army Vet 5. Her books are available everywhere books are sold. Also on Audible. 
Um, and we thank you for being here with us tonight. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so ecstatic. No problem. Is there anything else that you want to share about your books? Is there anything that's on your heart? Um, well, just keep supporting me. Keep supporting uh, writers of color. Get these books. Buy these books. I have my next set of books comes out next year from Raycraft, and it's a chapter book, early reader series, and um, it's called Fort Good, and it's about a bunch of military kids that live on a military post and explore, get in trouble, and talk trash. I got to keep it real, right? <laughs> Love it. Thank you guys so much for watching tonight. Um, visit uh, Winsome's website and check out her book. Um, get It's a beautiful book. I mean, New York Times, one of the best books of 2021. Publishes Weekly said it as well, correct? Yeah. Beautiful book. Um, again, shout out to the illustrator, C.G. Esperanza, honey. Amazing. <laughs> And everybody have a wonderful night. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me.